welcome back to the Commercial Property Investors Podcast, where we aim to give you the knowledge and confidence to move from your residential investments into commercial property investments. And I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. This week, I'm hoping to help you remove some of those blocks that are preventing you from buying that next commercial property or CMO deal. It might even be your first one. I've recognised this challenge with a few investors over the years and myself. Have you ever found yourself asking, how am I ever going to find and do one of these deals and keep the risk down? Looking at some of our more recent deals over the last few years, they would have scared the pants off of me before when I was just working through my buy, refurb, rent and refinance model with single-let houses and apartments. But are you finding deals and for some reason just not quite committing? So you're having a look, you're finding them, but you find that you're just pussyfooting around, let's be fair. And this can go on for weeks or even years if you don't get a hold of yourself. Have you looked at some of these deals, really analysed them and found a good reason slash excuse that you can't actually get the deal over the line? Sometimes, of course, it can be a legitimate reason, but it could be just a block in your head. Now, this is not to be confused with having carried out due diligence on the deal and it just doesn't stack up. If that's the case, then yeah, of course, you need to walk away. I'm talking about the deal you found which looked good, but you eventually let it slip, and you don't quite know why. Perhaps you even have a deal sitting there right now. You've done the numbers, negotiated a good price, looked at it from all sorts of angles. It even has a plan A, B and C, but you're still procrastinating. Well, we've all been there. Sometimes it's in your instinct, and that's a powerful asset not to be ignored, of course. But other times you're just seeking out reasons not to do the deal. Here are some of the things I've felt myself and sensed with people I've mentored over the years. About eight different things. Maybe you could relate to some of these. So one of them is, I'm just worried about risk. I don't feel I really understand the risks, and really I'm just a bit scared. So I keep putting it off. To reduce that risk, just get better educated. And the second thing might be, well, Jerry, I'm worried about the unknown. Well, we all have concerns when stepping out of our comfort zone, of course. But ask yourself, what did you do when you bought your first residential property? You probably asked some people who'd done it before. Or did you ask some people who'd never bought a property? Of course you didn't. You asked people who had maybe done it before. So why wouldn't you do that with commercial? Talk to people that have done deals before. Maybe when you were buying that first house or residential property, you asked some professionals for their advice, maybe a solicitor or an estate agent. It's no different in commercial. There might be one or two other people to ask, but basically that's the key thing. Ask. And then the third one is, no one in the industry seems to want to help me. Well, welcome to the commercial property market. We all feel that way, at least... I hope other people do, because I still feel that way. Perhaps I'm not part of the funny handshake network yet. (laughs) And that's maybe why I'm still not getting calls returned. But hey, I think that's just part of the industry. And really, I personally feel that's where the opportunity lies in this industry, because a lot of the people who are in the inner circle don't tend to return calls, don't seem to be interested in selling stuff, and it just makes it quite difficult to penetrate. But that keeps putting people off. Don't let it put you off. The fourth thing is, I just can't make my mind up. I can't make my mind up what to buy. I can't make my mind up 
what to do, where to borrow the money, who to speak to, what area to look in, what type of property to target. It's okay, don't panic. We all have to start somewhere. So why not make it small and local? Cut down all those many huge deals you're looking at and just find something that's small and local to get you started. Another reason I remember was people kept telling me, I must be mad, just stick to residential. And it's one of those things that can sit in your mind and hold you back. Maybe your friends and family kept telling you not to do the residential thing in the first place. But then when it started working out well, they maybe were saying, oh, we're glad you listened to us and our advice to get into residential. We always knew you could do it. But they definitely don't want you to do commercial. How could you possibly do that? It's a dog-eat-dog world. How do you even think you can get into that? Well, at the start of my commercial property journey, I was told by a commercial sales agent, don't do it. I mean, he was selling commercial properties, but his advice to me was, Jerry, stick to that residential thing. Seems to be working for you. The commercial thing's just a bit more difficult, and there's just a few guys that are involved in it, and if you're not in the inner circle, you're not going to get anywhere. Well, of course, if I'd listened to that advice, we wouldn't have a great business that we have now. So don't let somebody else who hasn't maybe understood what you're trying to do or maybe doesn't believe in you that you should not do what you're thinking of doing. Just because they don't believe in you doesn't mean you can't do it. The next one, of course, is professionals keep giving me good reasons to hold back. And I feel relieved when they come up. So have you ever had that situation where you find this deal, it seems to stack up, but then because you're a bit cautious or you're not quite sure I should be doing this or can I do this, people keep saying they don't think I should or they don't believe in me, and then up pops a reason not to do it. And you kind of feel a sense of relief. Oh, well, I thought that would be a good deal, but look, I can't do it because the lawyer has just given me a reason that perhaps the title's got an issue on it. Now, in reality, you can work through that issue, I'm sure. Sometimes they're deal breakers, but most of the time these things can be removed, sorted out. It might be the bank keeps saying no, or your lender keeps saying no, or maybe the surveyor the bank is instructed said it's not worth as much as you thought. But these are all things that you can overcome. But if you're in that mind or that place of trying to work out ways of getting out of a deal rather than into it, then all of these opportunities to back down are going to appear. There will be many of them. It's up to you to try and work through them, not use them as excuses. Another one that's um, thrown out, of course, is, well, residential is more familiar. It's something where we've all started, isn't it? And it may be that you've come across another opportunity in residential, and it's easy. It may not be diversification, of course, from what you're doing, and it might not be quite so good for cash flow. And oh yes, of course, the government want to tax you more for investing in it, but, you know, it just seems more simple. I'll just add another residential deal in here. So I'll hold on, do the commercial deal a little bit later. I'll get back to next week once I've sorted out this next residential property. Even though in the back of my mind, I know I'm putting off a great commercial deal. By the way, it might not be that much more simple buying a residential than it is for a commercial deal. It's just that you're used to doing the residential deal, but not necessarily the commercial one. But that's okay. 
And then another reason some people um, don't do that deal is they would do it, but they don't have enough money or they don't have access to the money. Is it that you have perhaps just not prioritised the commercial deal? And actually, while you're saying this to yourself, that you don't have the money for this deal, actually you're doing another deal anyway that's in residential. And maybe it's not the problem of accessing the cash or the investment money. It's just that you're not prioritising your commercial property investment journey over your residential one. Because... Naturally, it's easier to do. It's something that you've done before, so you would continue doing it. But let's face it, most of these issues are emotional challenges. They're in your head, and the real challenge is simply procrastination. And we all live with it, don't we? So, if you recognise this in yourself, then maybe it's time to deal with it. Here are five ways to get past yourself. I've felt all these things, by the way. This list here, I hear them from students and I've definitely had them myself. But here's five ways to try and get on with your commercial journey. And the first thing is, you need to recognise when this is actually happening and ask yourself why. Really work out why you're consciously or subconsciously sabotaging your efforts. Realising and owning it is the best way to start. A lot of the battles, personal and business growth, are fought between your two years. The trick is becoming more self-aware and taking quiet time to work on it. So the second thing I would suggest is push yourself to walk before you run. And what I mean by that is go with a deal that is perhaps more familiar, perhaps smaller and more vanilla if you're starting out. Or if you have some commercial deals already under your belt, and you're looking for the next step up, don't take five or six steps up. I'm a firm believer in pushing yourself and your team on with each deal. Push the envelope every time, but make sure it's sustainable, and while you're doing it, you're building your knowledge, your confidence, your resources, the skills of your team, and your credibility for the next project. Trying to jump or leapfrog into a much bigger project particularly if it's from a standing start, can actually kill everything dead in its tracks. I've worked with investors before who are great at residential and they want to do big things in commercial, but their eyes on million pound industrial units or something. And actually, you just sometimes need to start with something just a little bit smaller and scale up. And interestingly, the last bit there I said about credibility for your next project is I found with bank and private finance that... If you take them on a journey, they are more willing to work with you on those bigger deals. So, for instance, when we started out, I actually started consolidating my residential portfolio into a bank. So rather than having the portfolio financed from lots of different lenders, I actually tried to bring it into, in fact, it was within a limited company, which I know a lot of people are doing now anyway. But... It was within a limited company and I brought it from different finance companies into one with the bank. And that allowed the bank to see what we did, to get a bit of comfort. And then when we did our first commercial deal and sold off some of that resi and kept it within the same company, it allowed the bank to take security over a mixture. And then in time, we were able to do the next commercial project, which was a bit more pushing the envelope, as it were. There was a lot more vacancy in that property. In fact, it was about 50% completely.
Let me take a moment to thank Office R&D for supporting the podcast. It's really important to us that we only work with sponsors that we've used ourselves. It's all about being authentic, right? Office R&D is the best flexible workspace platform we've come across. And believe me, we've tried a few systems over the last 20 years. Office R&D helps us manage our invoicing, customer community, reporting, building access, and many more aspects of our day-to-day operations. Why not book yourself a free demo to see how they can help you free up more time to grow your business. Follow the partner link in the show notes. The undeveloped, and of the other 50%, about 30% of that was actually let. So it was quite a lot of voids, but because we'd already done it on another building, it, this one made it look like, okay, well, maybe they know what they're doing. The next building after that became a bit more easy because we'd made the second one work. And then beyond that, we started looking at developments that maybe had no income at all at the at the purchase stage, and they perhaps had a bit more of a mix. So it wasn't just vanilla offices. There was also some other types of product in there, like um, retail and leisure space. And then you can move on when you take on the next project. Maybe it's size. Maybe it's location. Maybe there's a slight more risky element to it, but because those lenders, investors, bank, whichever way you go, is coming along on that journey, each time you take a step, they're much more willing to do that. Whereas if you try and go for a big, huge step before you've even beginning to walk, it can be quite challenging. So push yourself to walk before you can run. It's a good way of getting into the industry without being overwhelmed at that starting stage. The third one is get some accountability. This shouldn't be a solo sport. It can be done in teams and it should be done in teams. And of course, most of us are familiar with a professional team where you've perhaps got an accountant and a lawyer and agents, state agents, when you're developing your residential portfolio. And of course, you have a another team which is more to do with the buildings. And if you're an active investor, it's the development team. So I might include a builder or a plumber or locksmith and electrician and joiners and painters and all these different people. And some of those trades will maybe come under one roof, which can be um, much more easier to manage. Can be slightly more expensive, but easier to manage. But these two distinct teams help you in your portfolio um, development for residential. It's the same in commercial. You need teams, you need to add some different types of professionals into that team. And perhaps some of the builders or electricians you've used may not know some of the how to work on larger commercial projects. But the principles are the same. But there's another team you need as well. And that's like a mental toughness team. These are people that you choose to be around so they can lift you up, make you more accountable, encourage you to make the right decision in a timely fashion. So this could be perhaps some mentors. It could be an accountability partner. That's maybe somebody who's on a similar journey to yourself, who's struggling with perhaps making decisions or getting things done, but they have the same ambition level. So you can maybe work together and hold each other accountable. Or it might be that you decide to join a mastermind group. And I've personally found and witnessed that mastermind groups over the years maybe formal or informal can really lift everybody's game and this is where you perhaps on a monthly basis meet up with people that might not just be in commercial property investment they might be in other industries other business types but 
a lot of the principles are the same throughout these industries. And a lot of the time, it's not so much about the skill set that you would get from a team of professionals or from a team of builders. It's about working on your capabilities between your ears and exposing yourself to other people and other thoughts. On so many levels, they can give you momentum. They can give you a grounding on the realities. And I don't necessarily mean the realities as in, hey, who do you think you are? The reality is you can't do that. It's actually sometimes when you're in a room with people that are really making things happen, who have the same 24 hours a day that you have, it lifts you up and makes you realise, hey, do you know what? Maybe I can do more. Maybe I can. So it's not bringing you down a peg or two, it's actually lifting you up. So choose the people that you're around wisely. This, of course, is a huge topic, but suffice to say, you do become like the ones you associate with. So as part of this process of trying to get out of the inertia and actually making some deals happen, make sure you can get some accountability. The fourth thing is, bit more of a practical thing here. This is about learning to trick yourself. (laughs) This is something that I learned to do. It's a really practical way of getting past yourself. So here's the first step. Book a meeting in your diary with yourself and stick to it. Don't bump your meeting with yourself with somebody else. Meet up with yourself somewhere where it's quiet, where there's no distractions Either turn off the mobile phone or choose somewhere where the mobile phone doesn't work. And then give yourself a couple of hours to actually work on these issues. Build up a list of all the steps necessary to get either the current deal that you're looking at done or one you keep putting off. Because without that clear meeting time, things just keep getting in the way and procrastination just becomes too easy. So if you get that time... Create a list. This is something I've done and it's worked for me in the past. So create a list in a sequential kind of way so you can work on each individual step on how to do that deal. The question, of course, is how do you eat an elephant? Well, you eat it one bite at a time. And I have used this technique before, as I say, if you've done enough due diligence to work out how the deal stacks up, then take the next steps one at a time day by day. I promise you, you will end up doing deals. The doggedness of the day-to-day steps can break down these things and allow you to work through and past the things that are holding you back without really realising it. Now this can of course include activities your professional team need to carry out. It's not just things for you, such as title deed work or lease evaluation and the financials for the project. And at any time, some of these may throw up problems that you can't get round. But at least you won't have that feeling of, well, I kind of let that one go because I wasn't really sure about it. If you've written all these steps down and you've committed to get through them one by one, then it does work. And as I say, this technique's worked for me in the past. It may or may not work for you. Either way, you need to work out how you can get past yourself before life passes you by. Book that meeting with yourself. Put it in your diary. Don't bump the meeting for something else that comes up. Go and spend that time, quiet time, working out what is holding me back? How do I work out how to get around it? The fifth thing, finally, is remind yourself of your why. Now, many put this in at the start, of course, 
and really is the most important thing. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this. But you need, I kind of sometimes assume on these podcasts that you've already got a good burning why, which is why you want to do commercial property. But let's just spend a little bit of time on it for a second. What are you actually doing all this for? Why are you wanting to get started in commercial? Is it because you're bored of doing residential? Are you looking for a bigger deal, perhaps some more scale? Is it the cash flow that commercial can give? Is it perhaps the more passive nature of that cash flow if it is um, passive assets that you're seeking out? Is it because there's just less competition? Is it because um, you want to be a millionaire through active investment opportunities? Are government interventions and tax changes making residential less attractive to you? Is it for your family's future? Is it just because you want to ski more, because you want to do more, be more, or make more of a difference? Well, commercial property investment can give you all of this and more. It's up to you to find a big enough reason to get yourself out of your way so you can make it happen, even if it has to be one step at a time. Hopefully that will have helped you recognise that you could just be scared and what to do about it. It's okay, by the way, being scared. I've definitely felt that way. It's a natural thing, if you think about it, when you're trying to do something new. So let's just quickly recap on those five things. Make sure that you recognise or or work out what's actually happening in your mind, because a lot of it is between your ears. I appreciate there are some issues that come up, of course, when you're trying to do deals, But if you're repeatedly finding that you're not doing commercial deals, when you kind of want to, but you're not, maybe there's something going on in your head and you really need to try and work out what that is and try and work out how to get past it. So the second thing was push yourself to walk before you can run. Make sure you're doing perhaps more smaller deals as you get started in this thing. Some things that may be more familiar to you might be location. It might be the type of tenant that would be going in there. Some familiarity. Smaller deal. Learn. Grow. Take your team, whether they be financial providers, whether they be lawyers or accountants, take them with you on that journey. The third thing is get some accountability. Don't do this on your own. Find some people that can support you in the mental toughness. Yes, you need a team of professionals and builders, etc., but find a team that can help you with the mental toughness. People you can be around that are going to lift you up, make you more accountable, but also give you a more level um, approach to what you're doing and perhaps more reality on what can be done. Learn to trick yourself. That's the fourth thing. Find a practical way of getting past yourself. And for me, it was writing lists, working through those things step by step. Because by the time you get to the last step, oh, you've done a deal. And it's a good way of getting yourself out of the way by just getting into the detail, but actually making sure the detail is steps that are going to be taking you towards that deal. And then finally, of course, remind yourself of why you're doing all this stuff. What is it that you're actually trying to achieve? What is it that commercial can do for you that residential maybe can't. It might just be spreading your risk. It might be widening your portfolio. It could be though the cash. It could be as in the cash flow. It could be more passive assets you're looking for, or perhaps it's scale. 
the active investor can really get scale and build value and equity through clever commercial deals. Is it, though, that it's just the government and things that are annoying you in residential and you need to move over to something else? Whatever the reason, get it front and foremost in, in your mind to try and motivate yourself. So do you need some accountability? Reach out for it. It can make a huge difference. And it's a compounding difference over many years, of course, because a commercial property isn't just for Christmas. It is for life. You need to spend time on this and building up a portfolio. And the compounding effect of accountability and learnings at the early stages can really have a big impact long term. So time to wrap up. Thank you to everyone who has listened to this podcast and to those of you who have been given reviews or shared our work. I really appreciate that. And a special thank you to all of our listeners in Australia and New Zealand on the other side of the world have been busy downloading our podcasts over the last few weeks. I really appreciate your support. If any of you have any questions you'd like answered, drop us a line from the contact details you'll see in the show notes or pop on social media. Get in touch, ask those questions. Be delighted to try and cover them either online, privately or indeed on a podcast. If you have any ideas of podcasts that you would like to listen to in the future, again, just drop us a line and let us know. So thank you for your support and all the very best. Till next time.